This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, a pastor in the house, Pastor Samuel Uluwashiun Hazan. Remain blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet. Um, I don't know if you can. Well, this definitely is a hymn that we will sing on Easter Sunday. Amen. Because um, the testimony of the song is powerful. Let's just appreciate the Lord. Death has died. Let's just have that lyrics. Please stand on the keyboard a while. Love has won. Christ is risen. He has overcome. Let's bless the name of our God. Let's bless our Lord. Let's praise the name of Jesus. Thank you for the sacrifice, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for the victory. You didn't just die, but you rose again. You brought new life, and in you, Lord, we live in the same newness of life. Thank you, Lord. Death has died, love has won. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus Christ has overcome, yes. He has risen from death. Death has died, death. Principalities and powers. Hey, you made an open show of them on the cross, Lord. Every ordinance that was against us, you nailed it to the cross. We've been delivered, we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus. He has set us free. Thank you, Father. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Thank you for total deliverance. Thank you because ours is a complete salvation. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. Lord, help us to understand indeed the fullness of what you've done for us so that we can stand in the liberty in which you have made us free. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, kings and priests, for that powerful song. Now, how many of us has ever felt that we needed to go for deliverance before? Um, please, uh, can you meet all um, redundant channels? Amen. Thank you. There are some places that, you know, before anything happens, they will say, go for deliverance. You want to do this, you want to do that. They will say, go for deliverance. As a matter of fact, even though it's not any pastor's desire that some of your members should leave, but we know that God has plans for everyone. And in his sovereignty, he has moved some of our people from here to other places, right? There are churches that you will get to. Even though they see the grace of God upon your life, and they want to put you in leadership. One of the questions they will ask you is, have you ever done deliverance before? So how do you want to answer that, bro, Jeffia? Yeah? Do you need deliverance? It has been done on the cross. Amen. I don't know how I'm going to title this second message, but maybe you can call it that. You know, complete salvation, total deliverance. Amen? Complete salvation, total deliverance. There is a hymn that says, um, as is such a full salvation all will be well if you understand what the writer of that hymn understood you will sing that line you know sometimes it comes to mind like i made a joke with some people that um, that was one of the hymns we selected for our wedding because uh, you're carrying somebody's daughter and a lifelong journey i say lord it is through your grace so 
all must be well. All is well. Amen? But that line says, ours is such a full salvation. It is full, it is complete. And that's why I said earlier, that most people, is when they want to travel, they will start soaking themselves with the blood of Jesus. We cover, we soak the driver. You, you, you know, I'm telling you, they say we soak the driver with the blood of Jesus. We soak the bus with the blood of Jesus. We soak the passenger. You soak the road. I'm like, ah. You just soak and soak just because you want God's protection. And to a large percentage of the church, that is the extent of understanding of what the blood of Jesus actually does. God will help us this morning. Because honestly, this kind of message are some of the things we discuss are what people talk about in series. But God will help us to sow those seeds. We've been going through from our PCG how to understand the Bible, right? By now, we should have become better students, more avid readers, you know, people who understand the scriptures better. So I'm just going to sow those seeds by the equipment we've been receiving at the PCG. It's up to us as noble Christians, better than the Bereans, to go back and study and see that these things are so. If you understand some of the things we pass across today, I'm telling you, you will rest in assurance that you have been completely delivered. And the Bible will say, let those, you know, the redeemed of the Lord, let them do what? Say so, whom he has delivered from the hands of the enemy. Let's start from that Revelations 12. You know, Revelations 12 from verse 10. You will see there that your testimony, your confession, your proclamation, as a matter of fact, one of the things I didn't say when uh, in the first service, when he said blood speaks, one of the things that makes blood to speak are some of the proclamations, some of the utterances that come forth when those transactions are taking place. If, for example, Stephen had said, Lord, punish them. All these people that stoned me, let not their generation survive. I'm telling you, God is not a God that, you know, the, the Bible says does not delight in the death of the sinner. But because of justice, that prayer can be answered. And also because a life is being, you know, there's a transmission going place. Even the devil and his agents, they will have been empowered to carry out such. Because in the realm of the spirit, there are certain things that are universal. Amen? Some people place courses and they say they will go and pray dangerous prayers. It is not God that is answering them all. If they have legal grounds to activate some things, those things happen. That's why the Bible says, cost costless. Huh? Cost, cost. It said like a fleeting bed. A bed that is flying around. That has no landing place. It's a cost that has no cost. It shall not come. So, people need to be careful also. If you break the hedge, serpents can bite. It is not necessarily God's justice in some cases that is playing out. It is devils that have been empowered by what some people have done. Amen. So, utterances around blood are important. That's why Revelation verse, let's see verse 11. They overcame by what? The blood. Having the blood alone is not enough. What must accompany that blood is what? The word of their... What do you believe about what the blood has done? Is it only for protection, soaking yourself when you are traveling, or when you are sleeping, or when things are happening? What do you believe? The word of their testimony. What is your proclamation? The Lord Jesus, when he was giving his blood, he said, Father, forgive them. That's one thing that is so paramount about the blood of Jesus. One of the things it is speaking is forgiveness. Mercy. We'll get into scriptures. We'll look at all that. That was the utterance that came forth. Part of the things that caused the trouble in the nation recently was uh, one of the fathers in the land said something about um, Tafar Balewa and the uh, Igbos and what happened. Of course, his life was taken and he empowered certain things because life and blood was involved. Now, 
Pastor Bakari was saying, as far back as 1992, he had dealt with that. He was just making a reference to something. People took it out of context. But it's a principle that is real. Because Stephen prayed, Lord, lay this not to their charge. Father, forgive them. Receive my spirit. Ah, God's, you know, even the angels in heaven said, Lord, we know that because of this seed, Paul, and I'm sure it was not have been only Apostle Paul, that they will end up among that group that will get saved. It's when we get to heaven, we will see the other ones. I say, ah, we were there when we were stoning Stephen. We didn't know. Yes, God used Paul because he was the leader, but there were several others there too who must have been saved. Because the proclamation that came forth is that God will not lay it to their charge. So that is where the word of testimony comes in. What are you saying about the blood of Jesus? What has it done? What do you understand? You know you can't say if you don't understand. Even if you are repeating, if there is no conviction, the way faith works, first, it is something that is established in your heart. What do you believe? You say, with the heart man believes. Your belief will be shaped by your understanding. But your understanding will be empowered by your words proclamation by what you say. So in overcoming, in getting the fullness of the victory, in receiving the total package, what did I say the topic is? Complete salvation, total deliverance. Sir. In experiencing that total deliverance in every sphere of life, regardless of what has gone on around you or what has gone before, your proclamation is important. And then he said they did not love their lives to the death. It means, look, on, this is my position. On this blood, on this premise, on what Jesus has done, I stand. It doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what people do. They, they, I've shared the story, some of them might have had it also, how somebody was told that um, spiritual means spirit plus ritual. That you should be, you better help yourself. Spiritual means spirit, but as you are doing all this spirit, 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 you should do something. Some people have introduced mixtures. Some people will say, see, they will tell you, eh, you think it's everybody that is just praying. Eh, you don't know what they are doing in secret. But I said they did not love their lives to the death. Meaning that they stuck, they stayed in this position. Like, see, whatever happens, whoever says whatever or does whatever, it doesn't matter what the devil or his agents are throwing at me. Say, on this position I stand. The victory in the blood, by the blood, and what we believe about it. Amen. So, we trust God that our understanding will be, um, we will come fruitful today. And boldness and faith will come to our proclamation in Jesus' name. You know, there are certain expressions in the life of Jesus Christ our Lord that brought about salvation. And these are things that, if you look at his life, you see that these five components are actually what he did, or maybe four or five or in some cases you might say six. The salvation they brought first is word. The teachings. And in the, in the church today, there's so much about teachings on the word of God, the word of God, the word of faith, what do you believe, the scriptures. We know that you can't be saved. He said, how shall they believe if they don't hear? Right? And the Lord began to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is near. It has come. His word. He himself is the living word. So the word of God is important. Most of us don't need so much teaching again. If you've been in this house for any reasonable length of time, you understand that. Even Hebrews says, how shall we neglect such a great salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed by those who heard him. God confirming the word with what? Signs and wonders. So the word of God is important. Number two thing that you see in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ through which he brought this salvation his body. He was bruised. For what? Our transgressions. He was chastised for our iniquities. He said the, the, uh, how did the Bible say? The chastisement of our... He was bruised for our transgressions and wounded for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. His body, that physical body that he had, it was important because he suffered. He took on things that should not bother you again. That's where healing, because of what he did, what he went through, 
is the basis for which we can stand in health and healing. Amen. And that's why we also say, see, life, this body is broken for you. That's why we also take communion. Amen. His body was there. Number three, which probably is the least understood in the church, is this blood that is shed. The blood. We'll look at what the blood communicates today. Like I said, it's been limited to pleading the blood and soaking the blood, but there is more. There is more. Amen? And, you know, God will help us and give us grace. God will help us and give us grace. Number four, we sang about it. His name. After declaring the word, suffering his body, shedding his blood, he received a name. The Bible says, you know, a name. God exalted him and gave him a name that is above every other. That the mention of that name, every knee should bow. Every tongue should confess. He said, in heaven, on earth, beneath the earth, he received a name that is above every. His name is important in our salvation and our experience. So I mentioned what his word, his body, his blood, his name, of course, his spirit. You know, he said, I will ask the Father and he will give you. He will send you another, someone like me. The Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father, they are one. It's because he died that the Holy Spirit could come. Those are things that are important to have a rich vibrant, fulfilled Christian life. Amen? But today, you know, thank God that uh, God led us to focus on this. Ordinarily, most of us would not study it. So, what does the blood of Jesus communicate? Earlier, we said it that what the blood speaks depends on the character of the person, right? And Jesus Christ described as being sinless, perfect. He is God. If the blood of, if we know that um, uh, the life of a human being is superior to the life of animals, then it makes sense to say the life of the Son of God is definitely superior to every human life. Amen? So, the level of grace that it communicates as God coming in the nature of man is beyond what our minds can fathom. He was sinless. He was the first bringing us to that same position of authority and, rev, you know, and honor in the eyes of God. And he did it voluntarily. It was not an accident. It's not murder. It was not just uh, because these people, yes, they were envious, but it was a deliberate plan. We can't get into that. If you start talking about the prede- uh, lamb that was slain from the front, that is a teaching. You know, in fact, the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of the Son of God, is so wide that it will take weeks. But let's focus on what the blood is speaking. Amen. And what our confession and declaration should be. Because that is what will bring about the victory. <sighs> let's start from Hebrews 4, verse 15 and 16. And our media team, you will need to help me because we'll be going through some scriptures. These are things that will help to give us a solid foundation. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. For we, verse 15. Okay. For we do not have a high priest who can all sympathize. Now, he, he was comparing the Lord Jesus to the high priest. And you read through the book of Hebrews. The high priest in the Old Testament, they will always go there with blood. They will fight for themselves. And then for the people. But Christ also, even though he's the son of God, the Bible says he was touched. You see, he became man. He identified with us. So he said, well, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are. He was tempted as we are. Lost of the flesh. Whether it's food, you cannot fast. He fasted 40 days. Loss of the flesh includes sex and immorality. You think it is easy that they will say, eh, we caught somebody in the act and they brought him, brought her naked before Jesus Christ. You don't think it was a temptation. He was a man. 
That's why the Bible says he was initially looking down. Probably was praying, Father, you will deliver these people and you deliver me. He was tempted in every way. If the Bible says he was tempted in every way as we are, he was tempted in every way. Is it pride? When you say, cast yourself down, he took him to the height of the temple, say, jump down. Uh-uh, Superman. The whole of Jerusalem will bow. Say, ah, truly is the Messiah. But it was not out for pride. Is it money? He said, I will give you all the riches of this world. See, you can say it's Jesus. But the truth is that if it was not a temptation, the Bible will not say it is a temptation. Amen? If it was not a temptation that he could yield to, the devil will not come. Because after all, he's God. But because he became man, all those things were there. But he said he was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. Amen? Next verse. Next verse, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The first thing that the blood of Jesus speaks is grace and mercy. They are two sides of the same coin. Most pastors, most teachers will say, uh, mercy takes away from you the negative that you should get. The soul that sins shall die. That's God's law. But in mercy, say, okay, they will not die. Grace gives to you that which you don't deserve. Okay, they don't deserve to live, but let me give them life. I hope I'm not mixing it up, but grace and mercy. And there is no, you don't know the extent. See, it is as you encounter one level of grace and mercy. Say, ah, this is grace and mercy. And then God shows you another one, grace and mercy. But the Bible says by that blood, if you read uh, Hebrews 9, chapter 9, chapter 10, you will still see the same concept of coming boldly through the new and living way that is opened for us by his body and his blood. Grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. That what the negative things, the consequences of sin, which is death, both the sin of Adam, the sin that ancestors, because this is when they say generational, this generational, that. Yes, it's true. But because of grace and mercy, if you know that because of mercy and grace, what ordinarily you should inherit, which is bad, it's taken away from you. And what you don't deserve, the blessings that he proclaimed upon Abraham is yours because of grace and mercy. Then ordinarily you know that it doesn't matter what has happened. As long as you can stand in this, because of the blood of Jesus, and because you believe it and you proclaim it, the Bible says you do what? You overcome. Amen? Amen? That's why I said it is total, complete salvation, total deliverance. You stand in it, you proclaim it, then it's yours. Amen? Grace and mercy. That's number one. Oh God. Number two. Let's read um, Colossians chapter 1 from verse 12 to 14. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 12 to 14. Remember Hebrews 12 that we read earlier from verse uh, 22 to 24, I think. Yes. He said, we've come to the blood of the new covenant. That is what? Speaking better things than the blood of Abel. Even though the blood of Abel spoke condemnation to Cain, for us, he's saying we should live by faith, that by faith we can offer sacrifices to God and be accepted. But this one is saying, this sacrifice has been offered on your behalf already. Just come by faith, believe it, and grace and mercy is yours. Amen. And there is so much that he has brought for us in the new covenant. Amen. Um... Colossians 12, we are giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. What did we say we have there? Let's grow again from verse 12. Now, 
Paul said a lot. And like I said, some of these words, uh, depending on the church where you were discipled in your early days, and of course, we're still doing some of those things. There were concepts you grew up with, and it sounded like big grammar. But these things are real. Uh, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Later you will see that the, one of the things that the blood of Jesus also speaks is adoption. We were not supposed to be part of that. But because of that blood, as many as received him, he gave them power to become what? The sons of God. So you have, that's why you have, that's why you can even talk about inheritance, kingdom inheritance in the first place. It is through the blood of Jesus that we have been brought in. Amen. Um, he has delivered us. Now, deliverance. What does deliverance mean? It means deliverance. <laughs> Amen? Deliverance means what? Deliverance. Do you need deliverance? You have been delivered. How do you actually experience it? Number one, faith in your heart. This is what the word of God says. Then what is your testimony? And what is your uh, determination? So it says not loving your life unto death. It means <laughs> if this word of God will kill me, let it kill me. Staying there, holding on to it with all that you have. He has delivered us. So your confession, your testimony is I am delivered from the power of darkness. It doesn't matter who made the covenant. The one that Adam did, the one that generations did, you are delivered. Amen? He has conveyed us into the kingdom of his son, of his love. Amen. Now, let's go on. I hope you are noting this. Next verse, please. In whom we have what? Next verse, verse 14. Is somebody there? In whom we have redemption through his blood. Also, the forgiveness of sins. The question is, what is redemption? If you check it, we've been taught how to use concordance. Redemption means to redeem, to buy, market, buy back. You were slaves. Because of the disobedience of Adam's, of Adam, not Adam's, it's just one Adam. <laughs> the first Adam. Jesus is the last Adam. Because of the disobedience of Adam, devil could come and say, see, all the riches of this world has been delivered unto me. Who gave him? Was he lying? If it was lying, it wouldn't be a temptation because Jesus said, uh-uh, why did they lie? You know? But it was the truth. Because you also read that Adam was chased out of the garden. There's no record where we said the serpent was driven out. God's deal was with Adam. Amen. But he knew that another Adam will come that will take it all back. That's why I said creation is subject into bondage in hope. For the manifestation of what? The sons of God. Amen. So redemption means what? Bought back. If your genealogy, for any reason, by any level of sacrifice, even if it was human sacrifice, was covenanted to any devil, the Bible says here, in him you have what? Redemption. What other deliverance do you need again? You've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness because of the sin of Adam, and you've been delivered, you've been bought back. You read in First Peter that you were not redeemed by perishable items like silver or gold, or even by the life of any man, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Incorruptible. You have been redeemed. That's what the blood has done. What should be your testimony? I am redeemed. It doesn't matter what it is that is confronting you or what you think is troubling you. You may not know. Like we said, now some of these prayers sometimes, you just need to pray them whether you are experiencing anything or not. Because for David and the Israelites, they didn't know that Saul did something until they had three years of famine. You know, when we say confessions, prayer of confession, some of these things, it's a reality. Just declare it over your life. Declare it over your children. Unknown to you, you are breaking off things that you don't know. And as you reaffirm your position day by day, you know, in your consciousness, it shifts. It becomes stronger. Your experience becomes richer. 
in whom we have redeemed, you have been bought back. It doesn't matter what the enemy, what the claim of the enemy is. There is no accusation. He said the accuser is thrown away. That's why you say, who can lay a charge against the Lord's elect? You have been bought. This is true of individuals. Like we said, blood can speak to individuals. This is true of families. If the leaders of those families say, see, oh, this is where we stand. Over you and your children. This is true also of communities and lands. That's why God wants the gospel to go into all nations. Because as leaders of some places are, 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 are saved, because of the authority that they carry over the land, they can reverse things that have gone ahead and bring deliverance to their land. This is also what it means to be a territorial governing church. We'll be proclaiming it. Amen. So, redemption is one of the things that the blood of Jesus is speaking. You've been bought. Forgiveness is another thing that he's speaking. See, the sin is forgiven. And if you will read somewhere else, there is another thing that is similar to redemption. Anywhere you see redemption, most times you will see their remission of sins. Now, let's see Ephesians 1, 7. I just want to explain the difference between remission of sins. Your sins have been remitted. Your sins are forgiven. Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. The same two things coming up there. Then let's see um, 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19. When the Lord Jesus was shedding, you know, when he was having the communion with them, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant that is shed for you for the remission of your sins. In the Old Testament, they experienced remission. Because, and, but that remission was short time, was short-lived, one year. Because every year they needed to be doing atonement. And then when some of the people fell into sin, they would still come individually. Some probably will have a weekly basis. You know, in those times, it's bad for the poor man. Because your sins are just piling up. Amen? And you know, categories of sins have different categories of animals. The person that is own requires seven bulls. You know, he's just gone. But you see the mercy of God. Amen? We have redemption. First Peter 1, 18. Or maybe we shouldn't just read that. Um, let me read where we have remission. Now, Matthew 26, 28. Or let's read Hebrew 9, 20, no, Matthew 20, 26, the word of the Lord Jesus himself. Hebrew 9, 22 says, without shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. What does remission mean? It seems, okay, your sin is removed. Your sin is removed. Your sin is removed. But what does forgiveness mean? The anger and the ill feeling that was generated by your act is gone. Meaning, you don't need to live in fear. It's as if nothing happened. Amen. Let me use this example. You have a child and maybe grandma or grandpa is around. You know, grandparents, they won't let you spank children sometimes. A child breaks your most desired china way or something. You want to deal with him. And your mom is saying, uh -uh. okay, I will buy another one for you. Leave this boy alone. I will buy... I, I, you know, because grandma is around, you will leave the boy, right? But every time you pass by the boy inside the house, the kind of eye you used to look at him, <laughs> even the boy will know that, ha. Ah. You know, some children will be, mommy, sorry. They'll keep telling you sorry for seven days and you're like, don't worry, grandma will go, Right? Some people may not spank the child because grandma is around, even if grandma goes. But they will forever be reminding the child, just thank God that grandma was around that day. <laughs> Meaning that the anger is still there, the pain. You should just thank God that grandma saved you. Whoa, what I would have done, you will, you, you just, if you enter my kitchen, be, you keep reminding the child because the, that means forgiveness is not there. The sin has been remitted though. The punishment was taken away. But the feeling, and that will make that kind of child to perpetually live in fear. He will enter the gate and say, hey, before 
I break mommy's spot again. You know, fear. But when the Bible talks about the blood of Jesus bringing forgiveness, that is one way that the people in the Old Testament didn't expect. That's why when Jesus said, he's my father, I said, how can you call God your father? Forgiveness. In addition to remission, removing sin, and the consequences of sin, he brought forgiveness. That's why Paul would say, let us come with boldness. People who have not understood what the blood of Jesus would do. Of course, they are Christians. But have you seen people that every time they want to lead prayer, first, it is, Lord, forgive us our sins. Forgive us our sins. Before they now stand their prayer point. If you, that kind of mindset, you can't lay hold of some things in the kingdom. There are levels of authority and power that you might not access because there is a hindrance, there is a restriction, there is a a limitation. You don't think God has given you all. The enemy is still accusing. Of course, it does not mean people should live in carelessness, but if you have understood it and you are working with God, you have been forgiven. The ill feeling. You know, you come with boldness because what is now flowing towards you is grace and mercy and the fullness of the love of the Father. That is the, the atmosphere in which, you know, in a house where there is love, children are free. A child that is free, even though he's 12 years old, he can walk up to the daddy and say, Daddy, give me your car key. Right? Because he doesn't see any limit. Daddy says, No, 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 just wait until you are 18. Grow, eh? Don't worry. It's yours, but grow up. But the child that is living in fear, he won't even think about if I carry his khaki. Boys, that's why boys, you know, some of you did it. Some of us didn't do it. You will steal your, as in, when they, who bashed the, who drove, you know, some fathers will park it near the tiles. They see the line and they just know that these boys are up to something. And you didn't know that the Baba has set the tire with the tiles. And you came back and said, who moved this car? You say, no, we didn't move it. Come, come, come. When I, see, you see this mark? I put it there. So, <laughs> Some fathers, some fathers are like that. But freedom, where there is freedom, children will reach their full potential. That is what the blood of Jesus has done for us. He has brought forgiveness. But these things, you don't experience them until it has become what? Your testimony. So you wake up. Sometimes it's prayer of uh, confession or declaration. Thank you, Lord, that I'm forgiven. Thank you, Lord, for grace and mercy. And you begin to recount what grace and mercy means. It will strengthen your heart. It will strengthen your spirit. It will establish you in God's plan and purpose for your life. Amen? He has brought forgiveness. Amen? One of the things the blood is also speaking, let's see Romans 3, 23 to 25. We've mentioned grace and mercy. We've mentioned redemption. You've been bought. We've mentioned remission. We've mentioned forgiveness. Romans 3.23 All have sinned and falling short. Of course, he was saying so many things. Now, some people will just pick that. Bible says for all have sinned. No. Before he got to all have sinned, he listed some. But if you have confessed your your sins, and you are walking in what Jesus has done, for all our sin does not appear to you. It does, it does not become your starting point anymore. Before you came to Jesus, it was. But no longer. Amen. Romans 3, um, media, are you with me? No. We shall see after the service. Romans 3, from verse 23. For all have seen and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. That's in the King James. Now, these are things that require explanation. Go back to verse 23, please, or verse 24. All have sinned. But it says, verse 24 says, being justified. One of the things that the blood of Jesus also brings is justification. What does that mean? Declaring you just 
justification and righteousness. That's why, you know, when uh, we were being taught on the sacrifice of righteousness from the conference, and when we try to explain, you need to know that there is a declaration and a legal, uh, is it confirmation? Something has been conferred on you. So that your mindset changes. If you are a child of God, you've believed in Jesus Christ, you say you have been justified. So, sin consciousness is done away with. It is righteousness consciousness. You have been declared righteous. You've been declared just. There is no ordinance. There is no accusation. There is nothing against you before God. You can stand freely and boldly in the presence of the Almighty God because that blood is forever speaking what? Justification. There is nothing. He said, who shall lay a charge against the Lord? It is God that justifies. It's one of the things that the blood of Jesus has. So you need to know these things. Write them down. Because the Bible says faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. It says it is with the heart that you will believe. Huh? And with your mouth you will make the confession, the testimony, the declaration unto salvation. So your experience of these things is dependent on how much you have come to believe them. So you will need to go over them again and again and then declare them. We have been justified by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Next verse. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. That propitiation means what? There is an exchange. You've been substituted. The justice of God, the holiness of God demands that the soul that sins must die. Okay. I love these people. Lord Jesus, I mean, my son. And he gave himself because you will see him saving in the Gospels. No man takes my life from me. I laid it down. The same love that was in the Father for us is in the Lord Jesus for us. Is substitute. Substitute. He exempted us from that punishment by his blood through faith. So you have to believe to demonstrate his righteousness because in forbearance he has passed over the sins that were previously committed. So justification. You've been declared just. You've been declared righteous. Amen. Please um, time so that I know... um, so that is one another thing. Another thing the ball is speaking. Colossians 1.20. Let's read that quickly. Colossians 1.20. Oh, and then someone can just help me, uh, help me open Ephesians 2, 13 to 15. Let's do it um, the way some of our old churches used to. You, know, you hear preachers say, uh-huh. uh-huh. So someone will read for me. If you have a loud voice, so please you get the other microphone across. Colossians 1.20. Do we have that quickly? Colossians 1.20. It says, And having made peace, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. Now, when it says all things, it includes all of creation because creation will eventually be delivered. That's why your portion in creation must come to you. Amen? You don't understand. The earth is the Lord and his fullness thereof. It is a basis to say, Lord, you have planted me in this city because you have redeemed all things. You know, the prayer that uh, Pastor Fumi has taught us that uh, Kenneth Hagin pioneered, like, devil, take your hands off. This is the root of it. Christ has reconciled all things, including the whole of creation. So, your portion in creation That's why children of God will not lack. Amen? Amen. But like I said, faith, confession, that is the work, that is the labor that we need to put in. So, he has um, reconciled all things to himself and whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So, the next in the blood there is speaking is reconciliation. Reconciliation. Now, uh, Ephesians 2, 3 to 15. Is somebody there? Quickly, you want to read for me, please. Ephesians 2. Anybody? Remember, 
he has brought us what? Boldness. So there should be people who can speak boldly and freely in his presence. Amen. Ephesians 2, anybody? Okay. Uh, 2.13. I think I'm there already. But now in Christ, you sometimes who were far off and made nigh, you brought near by the blood, for he is our peace. Who had made both one and had broken down the middle of a wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandment containing ordinances, for in him, for to make in himself of two one new man, making peace. Amen. He has made the two one. We're still talking about reconciliation. The reconciliation that the blood of Jesus brings. First, there is reconciliation between man and God. And then there's reconciliation between men. The cross is not only towards God. The cross also affects relationship between man and man. Christians who understand this, then you will know what it means to say, uh, follow peace with all men. Because naturally, you are a man of peace. That is also why in a godly marriage, there cannot be division. Because he has made what? He has brought unity. He has brought when people say there are irreconcilable differences, check it well. They are experience in God, like Brother Fola used to say, he didn't cook well. <laughs> Their salvation experience is not deep. If you understand reconciliation, you understand peace with God, then you know that no offense is unforgivable. Amen. You will know that no offense is unforgivable. Offense will not stay in your heart. Because the blood speaks what? Peace. The blood speaks reconciliation. Amen? Amen? And then with this also it can um, strengthen us in intercession for people who have become hardened in their hearts. That the blood of Jesus will prevail over them. And they will realize what Christ has done. And they will break. He said he has broken down the wall, the dividing wall. That hardness commandments of the law that uh, eye for eye offend, you know, because Jesus even told them because of the hardness of heart, Moses permitted certain things. So peace, the blood of Jesus speaks that. It can become a basis also for intercession. And this is where, you know, with all the trouble that is happening, interethnic this and that, this is one of the things that the Lord must show deliverance and mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to the next point. Hebrews 9, 13 and 14. I don't know how many points you have so far, but please note these things. Let it become your confession. Let it become your declaration. When you proclaim that, um, you know, you are pleading the blood of Jesus Christ, let these things be at the back of your mind. Let these things be at the back of your mind. Let it cause faith to arise in your mouth. And let it propel Amen. Hebrews 9, 13 and 14. For if by the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of Ephah, sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purification of the purifying of the flesh. Verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You know, in the Old Testament, they used the blood of bulls and goats and animals. I think I have about five or ten, five minutes or ten minutes. <laughs> My time is up. Wow. Hallelujah. The blood of bulls and goats. They used it for the purification and sanctification of everything. They say, how much more shall the blood of Jesus Christ? One of the things that the blood of Jesus brought speaks is cleansing, purification, cleansing. Now, this is in a legal sense before God, in that it cleans you from your sins. But this also works within you to bring deliverance from the works of the flesh. Amen? Paul will write through Romans, reckon yourselves as dead. You know, the transformation that you know, God desires to bring about. If a believer, a new believer, old believer, anybody begins to understand that truly the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed me. You look at yourself... And some of the tendencies, you say you have anger, that this is me, this is me. You have actually not come to the realization that you have been cleansed. Because the moment that hits you, certain things will just begin to drop off. Your stubbornness, 
your pride, your ego. What you call weaknesses. Because it says it cleanses us. It changes us. It does a deep work within us. Amen. If you are struggling with something, whatsoever it is, this is the basis for prayer and declaration. And you, as you meditate upon it, you meditate upon it, it will cause the transfer from your spirit to your soul. Change will happen. It cleanses. That's one of the things that the blood of Jesus does. Amen. There are still some other points here, but let me pick this last one. Okay, we've talked about adoption already, but let's read um, on as we get ready for the communion. John chapter 6, verse 53. This is the Lord Jesus speaking. Like I said, most people will talk about protection. Of course, it's part of what the blood of Jesus does. Passover. Calamity passes over. We've not even talked about healing. There are some other places you see access. It says we have access by this blood. There are so many things. You can carry your Bible. You have a concordance. Everywhere you see where the blood of Jesus has been spoken about, read in the context and see what he has done. It's not only when you are traveling or when you want to sleep or when you are praying for protection. There is so much more. Truly, victory on this earth. The fullness of victory. It comes by the blood. One of the things that I would have so loved to explain is that, see, nothing moves the heart of the Father like beholding his son as the lamb who was slain. Pastor Fumo was talking about us going through the book of Revelation. Everywhere there has been a seal in the hand of God as in something that God wants to unveil. They say, ah, there is no man, there is nobody. Say, no, who is worthy? Who is worthy? See, nothing moves the Father to action like what Jesus did. That blood, it moves the Father, the heart of the... Because that is his heart. That is the epitome. Colossians will say he is the fullness of the image of God. The fullness of God's love and God's mercy is revealed in that sacrifice. Amen? If you understand it, in fact, combine that with the name of Jesus, you have a key to answer for every prayer. Now, every prayer that is in line with the will of God. Amen? John 6, 53. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say unto you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, remember we spoke about that, and drink his blood, you have, what? No life in you. Verse, next verse, please. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. Let's go on. For my flesh is what? Food indeed. And my blood is what? Drink indeed. Next verse. Media. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. And I, you want to your experience of God's presence to go to another level. You learn to engage with the body and the blood of the Lord. Amen? It says, life. Not everybody, not many people think about it. Oh, I plead the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus. You're actually not thinking that you are declaring his life. Well, as we approach the table of the Lord this morning, I want all this to go, all this to go through. Let it go through your mind again. What the Lord has done. See, it is a complete salvation. It is a total deliverance. As we pray again, we're declaring victory. See, whatsoever it is that you think you are, like I said, you are still struggling with, maybe you are experiencing certain challenges in certain area. This is the victory. That overcomes the world. Our faith. Our faith in him. We've not even talked about his name. Our faith in his name. But our faith in the body that was broken for us. Our faith in this blood that was shed. And all he brings. Please we'll pray before we, we, we start giving. He said as we are taking this bread. And drinking this blood. He said if you take my blood you have life. 
We're going to be declaring, see, abundant life. He said he came that we might have what? Life. On this earth and in the life to come. Life abundantly. Every limitation to the flow of abundant life is done away with. Brian, me please come to the keyboard and just sing that song, Zoe. Just play that song in the background, Zoe. I have Zoe, the life of Christ. It's in the blood. Lord, you commanded us to eat your body and to drink your blood. Today, Lord, we come into understanding that it is not just a memorial. It is not just a commemoration. It is an actual experience for us in the spirit. That as we take this emblem, we are indeed eating of your body. We are indeed taking of your blood that was shed for us. And Lord, the fullness of what your blood represents. Redemption, remission of our sins, forgiveness, mercy, grace, access, life, deliverance, boldness, peace, reconciliation, even healing. Lord, our portion, our inheritance in you, in the kingdom. All these are ours in Jesus' name. And as we take the blood, we take the body today. We are praying over every member of this assembly. Should there be anyone still battling with anything? Lord, whether it be ancestral, whether it be as a result of their own weakness, whatsoever. We say today there is full deliverance in the name of Jesus. We declare today our salvation is complete in Jesus' name. These emblems are blessed for us. We take it, Lord, in honor and in celebration and in actualization of what you've done for us. Thank you, Father. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. It's too slow. It's too slow. Hey, stop. I have the way I have the way the Spirit of God is inside of me. We're standing in declaration. We're standing in proclamation. We have your life. Your body is bread indeed. Your blood is drink indeed. As we take this body as we drink your blood, we are declaring that the fullness of what you've done is expressed in our lives in Jesus' name. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. We overcome. We are stepping into fullness of victory by the blood. They overcame by the blood. We overcome by the blood. By the word of our testimony. Let's rise to our feet. Let's rise to our feet. You declare it. We have redemption by his blood. In his blood, we have been purchased. We are been translated. We've been translated from the kingdom of, the, of darkness into the darkness of a son, into the kingdom of his dear son. We've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. In Christ we have liberty. In Christ we have liberty. In Christ we have peace. Let's pray. In Christ we have peace freedom in christ there is reconciliation the fullness of what you've done lord is our experience in the name of jesus that is our portion that is our portion thank you lord thank you lord healing is ours deliverance is ours redemption is ours life is ours protection is ours preservation is ours prosperity is ours complete victory in the name of Jesus. We thank you Lord. Your blood is drink indeed. Your body is bread indeed. As we take this bread and this body Lord, we declare that life comes. Your life that you now live in your resurrected glorified state. That is our experience in Jesus name. Thank you Father Lord. Let's take the bread. Let's take the bread. Let's take the cup. 
life that I have is the life of God in me. Let's have that song. This life that I have is the life of God. This life that I have is the life of God in me. Zoe, Zoe, Zoe. Let's declare it. Zoe. Get our offerings ready. Get your offerings ready. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift our offerings to you. We lift our tithes also to you. We appreciate you, O oh God for the most precious life that you have given to us that you are This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.